welcome to Telling the Tale, the podcast where we go through each and every episode of Telltale Games' Mini Games. This week, we are tackling the fifth and final episode of Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People, 8-Bit is Enough, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dustin Jackson. Hey, Dustin, how's it going? It's going great with me today, Mitchell, and uh, you asked me to be here recording this podcast with you today. Is that your way of saying you're asking me for a challenge? I might be asking you for a challenge. I might be asking you for a bit of a challenge. How was your day, though, before we hop in? It's been busy. It's been a a busy, busy day. Um, Me and roomies are getting ready to move, and uh, we were filling out papers today. So that's been my day. I did that and then came home and then played Strong Bad. How's the location? How's the new location? The location is the best part about it. It's. I mean, don't uh, say where literally on air. Just <laughs> is it good or bad is more of the great. question. It's great. It's a very good area. It's nearby so many things. I I will barely have to drive anymore. Excellent. That's, that's what you want to hear. That's the whole reason we did it. So I would have to drive a little less. Is it? No. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> think so. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, I just had some dinner, and I'm ready to uh, talk about this video game. So first off, here's here's the stats. 8-Bit is Enough is the, what is it, 19th episode we're doing? Um, I think so. I think that sounds right. It's the fifth episode of Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People. It originally came out on December 15th, 2008, and it was directed by Chuck Jordan. Pop quiz, memory quiz... Which other episode this season did Chuck Jordan direct? Was it the second one? Let's find out. I was hoping you'd say it with <laughs> a little more conviction, so I would also know it. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> it was. It was the second one. It was okay. Strong Baddie of the Free, and Eight Bit is enough. And I wow. think, with that in mind, these two, those two episodes, episode two and episode five. I think are the episodes that do the most with like creating new areas and mm-hmm. using those new areas in um, alternative ways. Uh, so Strong Baddy of the Free obviously had all those countries. This one has a bunch of video games that you can be inside of. This is a big episode. It's large. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's good considering it's the last one. It's just... Like, while I was playing it, I was thinking, wow, there's so much more going on here. Yeah, especially coming after uh, Dangeresque 3, which was um, an episode that we both really liked. But it was was doing more with the little it had than the past episodes, which is why it was interesting. Not necessarily just that it was... uh, Big on its own. If yeah. that if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. Like this Dangerous is big 3, on its own. This one. Yeah, Dangerous Three felt like a very uh, like it is probably my favorite one, but yeah, it is more in terms of like using the license rather than being like this whole big thing, uh, which is fine. But I like I kind of like that this uh, this game is able to give us. I don't know, like. I like that certain episodes have different priorities. Yeah. It, um, 
Each episode this season has covered one aspect of the Homestar Runner lore. Episode one covered the original, like, children's books where it's a race. And episode two covered all of the military stuff. Episode three was all the uh, musical stuff, the bands. Episode four was Dangeresque. And episode five focuses on the uh, fictional in-universe video game company, Videlectrix, and all of the games that they've made and sort of what their exact vibe is. There's a lot of interesting, I, I would say very surprising reveals about Videlectrix in this episode that makes it to me feel like this is the most Telltale has sort of gone off on their own and started to write new Homestar Runner universe lore. Uh, I agree. Versus repackaging older lore, uh, and that makes it that makes it very interesting. Yeah, I I like it personally. Uh, but I think I think say in the in the sorry, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say I think I appreciate it more because you know these past episodes have uh, they have gone more into just. Uh, referencing Homestar stuff so you know you get that in the other episodes and then this one you kind of get a little more yeah and it's interesting that this is the episode where they actually call attention to the fact that this is fan service they have a joke where they're talking about they need to service the fan inside of their Trogdor arcade machine um, <laughs> you know calling out that Trogdor is there as fan service but in a lot of ways this is actually one of the least fan service episodes because it's sort of its own story for the first time. Yeah, it, it just hits on big fan... The, the parts that are fan service are, like, the big ones, like Trogdor. Yeah. Um, so, where would you rank this episode in the season? I'm not sure. I liked it a lot, personally. You, you were telling me last week that uh, my roommate, who had recently played it, really did not like this episode, but I... Right, yeah. I liked it. I, I thought it was... Uh, an enjoyable time, but I'm not sure where I would rank it. Yeah, to me, it's it's a solid middle of the pack of the five Strong Bad episodes. Uh, because it's definitely better than Baddest of the Bands, in my opinion. And it's better than the first episode, Homestar Ruiner. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of debating where I would... If I, if I place it before or after Strong Badia... I, I think I, I like Strong Badia more than this. I, I'm kind of leaning towards that, too, just because the concept of Strong Badia was uh, really interesting and fun. Yeah, I I, uh, I think Strong Badia is better, and I think Dangerous 3 is more interesting. Um, yeah. So I, w- I would have to say it's middle of the pack, but I really don't dislike it at all, because those other two I put above it, I really, really like... Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I dislike any of these. Like, even even the lower ones, I would say I like... The ones I like the least of Strong Bad, I like more than the episodes I like the least of the Sam and Max games. You like the Strong Bad episodes you like the least more than the uh, Sam and Max episodes you like the least. Okay. Yeah, like, I would still put, like, Homestar Ruiner over something like uh, Moai Better Blues. Yeah, Moai Better Blues really felt like a stinker. Um, Luckily, so far, it's the exception to the rule. 
I, ha- yeah. I haven't had any other Telltale games so far on this show that I've disliked. Yeah, there hasn't been anything that we've played so far that felt like it dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I imagine that in the future we're going to play some stuff that are worse than that, but not necessarily um, breaking an expectation like that. Yeah. Because season two of Sam and Max started so strong with Ice Station Santa, and then Moai Better Blues is right after it. Yeah, uh, and, and then it just immediately yeah. picks back up. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like a weird defying of the expectation. I don't know if we'll ever see another defying of the expectation like that. Like a, just a weirdly bad episode in the middle of good episodes. Yeah. Um, my, my understanding of how Telltale... Um, went past this era was very season uniform um so they, they would start thinking about like what was going to happen all in one season earlier than i guess they maybe did in the past right when um, when did you say yeah. you think that started probably like here with like with strong bad um or i mean like def- after definitely strong. with walking dead but even before mm-hmm. walking dead yeah i i feel like uh monkey island pretty clearly has a story that uh they take into account for all five episodes right yeah but we'll get to that one so the episode opens with the ending of the last episode which i really like that's something yeah, it- sam and max would do sometimes yeah, that's another weird one. That's that's not something that you usually do with uh, Strong Bad. Like, even if there's hints for the next episode, it, it usually feels pretty self-contained. But this is con- continuing right after Danger Ask 3. And I agree, I like it a lot. Uh, <laughs> you see him jump into the air like he does in the credits scene for Danger Ask 3. And then the credits end. And he immediately just jumps straight into his Trogdor machine. Great physical comedy. Uh, it, it's sometimes hard to make the animation of, of these games fit in with the physical comedy you're trying to match in the world. But this is super funny. Yeah. Um, and just because he hits it in a weird way, it becomes sentient and alive and tries to take over his reality. That's <laughs> just how this works. It's not like... It's not even he spilled some juice on it or something that like made it bleed over into other <laughs> realities. He just hate it weird. This uh, is also one of the few yeah. uh, stories in Homestar and Strong Bad, etc., etc., that like has stakes to it. It's like an actual big story. Yeah, and and uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, but the way it ends, it looks like they messed up. It it looks like the, <laughs> they. Uh, the stakes were fallen. They actually ended up paying for it. It did not return to status quo. Whoops. Yeah. Trogdor. It, well, I guess we'll just say it because if you're listening to this, you, you've either made good with the fact that there are going to be spoilers or have played it yourself. Yeah. I think um, at, if you're going into the last episode of a season to listen to what we want, or <laughs> what we think about it. Yeah. You uh, know what you're getting. Trogdor escapes the arcade machine and is just still alive. And yeah. they don't do anything about it. <laughs> That's it. They, uh, this might be like the canonical end of the Homestar Runner timeline. Um, Have you ever thought about that? I, 
have I have not. I mean, this is also my first time playing this, so uh, now I'm thinking. <laughs> have have about you thought it. about it once? I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because because there's definitely about a decade's worth of much less frequent um, Homestar Runner cartoons after this, but not. Not not a lot of them, and I think if you wanted to, you could say those take place before Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People. If you wanted to make the case that Trogdor actually killed everyone at the end of this game, and that's canon. Kind, kind of like how uh, the Spongebob movie takes place canonically at the end of the timeline, even though much, much, much more was made afterwards. Yeah, yeah, because Spongebob becomes the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I never I never liked that the show just didn't respect that. <laughs> they they just didn't try to like evolve. didn't end it after the movie. Well, even if you want to keep doing it, I mean, I get that because the the, the choice of who gets to keep making the movie is not always the showrunner. That that's mm-hmm. that's standard. That's but just how it goes. You could at least like look at the movie that they made and be like, okay, well, I guess the next episodes are going to take place after that happens, and they just didn't want to do that, and that's. Like, you could make a Spongebob where Spongebob is the manager of his own store. You just didn't want to. Anyway. Yeah, I, I guess it just uh, disrupted the uh, the continuity too much, I guess. Yeah. It, like, they it, probably wanted to keep Spongebob on an entry-level basis where you could just walk into any episode and, okay, this is how it works. In entry-level Spongebob is a, an interesting concept. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's something that uh, this series, Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People, has been very different than Sam and Max in, which, which is that they always try to return to a status quo between episodes. So while there are some things that are sort of soft threads between episodes, um, most of them are standalone they're pretty standalone right and it and it works better for something like this than it would have in say sam and max yeah i i mean you you get the feeling that at the the first half or so of sam and max season one those could have been those could have been standalone episodes they still are threaded together with the threat of uh hypnosis yeah but they they're largely independent and now with with with, uh, with strong bad, we're not seeing that at all. We're seeing um, completely independent episodes until now. Now it, it's sort of this culmination of everything that's happened. All of a sudden, those Vitelectrix games that I I was mean to you and got you to play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They, they, now they're all coming back like they, it turned out that mattered the whole time yeah uh, i guess i guess i'm glad i played them considering uh you have that connection to them now in this episode yeah uh did you did you uh like how your your party was built in this episode was that yeah i I loved it i thought it was great <laughs> i thought it was um, really great too but uh but sometimes they would say something like like strong mad just joined your party like the real guy strong mad and then other times it would be characters from the video game so it was like a weird bunch yeah because like the poop smith is playing a character strong strong mad supposed to be playing a character but it just says strong mad yeah they, they should have 
they should have renamed it the character name when you when you uh put strong mad in your inventory yeah i i will say playing it i didn't really think twice about it when going through it just now when you said it i was like oh yeah uh so there are probably a dozen disparate fictional vitelectrics video games mentioned in this game real quick what are some of your favorites um like in the uh the game center the game sphere the game world well there's a bunch of those but there's also like uh like my favorite is probably the spirits of 76 which is a weird edutainment history game where you are uh, like the American colonialists uh, versus the the British, and also your ghosts. Just also, yeah. I thought that part was weirdly fun. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was... I went in. I went into it thinking, oh, this is probably going to be just an annoying little thing. But no, I I had a strangely fun time with it. Just going around the house, finding stuff, having to keep the ghosts at bay. Yeah, that that one's a favorite. Um, I'll I'll tell you who my unweekly guy is. And um, wow, this early into it. Yeah, I know. It, it I'm jumping ahead. Um, my my unweekly guy and the reason for one of these games being my least favorite is Jell Arshi. Oh, you don't like Jell Arshi? <laughs> man, I hate Jell. No Archie. way. <laughs> oh, oh Mitch, Jell you Archie and I have a difference of opinion on this. Okay, you uh, you tell me in in that case about Jell Arshi. Uh, Jell Arshi is uh he stars in his own game and uh the game itself is not uh the the best. Do do no. you have the name of the game on you handy? It's Jell Arshi's to... Fruit Border. Okay. Uh, I've just always liked Marshy, and so Jell Arshi yeah. is basically the same thing. I've always liked Marshy, which is, for those who don't know, is the uh, the cartoon mascot for the in-universe brand of marshmallow, Fluffy Puff Marshmallows. Uh, Jell Arshy is like that, sort of, except uh, instead of being a marshmallow, it's gelatin, red, red jello, basically. And, like, holy holy wow you can see his brain and everything and he's he's way scary and he is he's uh i don't like it he creeps me out i love him (laughs) (laughs) um i forget was jell arshi actually from the from homestar runner because i remember like a different version of marshy i think it was jell arshi and he says uh I'm an abomination and I'm right. coming to your house after school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you love that. You love that. <laughs> yeah, guy. I, I love him. I love that. He's creepy. Uh, so I looked him up because I, I had the same feeling like I couldn't remember if Jill Arshi was just always there or not. Uh, in the strong, bad email number 187 entitled winter pool. Uh, they try to fill up a pool with gelatin and he is in that email. Um, that is the only, the one time and only appearance of Jell Arshi before the game. And that email came out in 2008. Wow. So that's, that was just like earlier this year, 
uh, to be referenced later this year in a video game. Maybe it That's was even interesting. Maybe they even did that on purpose, trying to like put some breadcrumbs down for the game. <laughs> That's that's interesting. For some reason, I was thinking like, at least up until two hundred, I was thinking we're all done before Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people. But no, that was. It sounds like there was a chunk that, uh, or a small chunk at least that came out. Did did email two hundred come out before or after uh, Cool Game? Let's look that up real quick. Um, okay. Because I know they got through 200, and that's around when they started slowing down. So I figured that's when you know they were working on the game. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm having a hard time. <laughs> Fine. Okay. <laughs> email Thunder. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Is the name of Strong Bad Email number 200. That was in September of 2008. So that was okay. during the release of the game. That was like between. I think maybe between episodes one or two or two and three. That seems like really good timing. Like how great you have, you not only have a strong, bad game going, but you reach the big 200 email milestone at the same time. That's a neat little uh, coincidence. Yeah. And they really made like an event out of that 200 emails. Yeah. You had uh, the poop Smith singing. <laughs> yeah. Had the poop Smith. Uh, <laughs> they did not. Um, do too much after it and i think between ending on the video game and the 200 emails i wonder if they just looked at it and said if we keep going at this pace it will get bad and they just shouldn't it just shouldn't get bad Mm -hmm. um yeah that it's probably a good reason to stop yeah um now that i think about it i guess um you know, think of all the material of Homestar you have before this game in Email 200. That's a nice little package right there. Like, think thinking about it, you have so much you can still watch. But nowadays, they do it far less frequently. But you still get something every now and then, like a little treat. It's a, it's a nice yeah, little Yeah, like once a year. Treat. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little thing you get if you're a good boy or girl. Um... It's it's nice that Homestar Runner and Strong Bad Emails gets to be this this nice little package of so much content. Then then the game kind of caps it off, and then you just get nice little uh, emails or little shorts here and there once a year, maybe if you're a good little boy or girl. Yeah, I, I think about how good it is for us as, as people that like understand it and were part of it at the time to just still have all this stuff around. But also maybe it's a bad thing the way it's organized for new people. Uh, I I think about our friend Jeff, our Mm. mutual friend Jeff, who has not ever really watched a Homestar Runner cartoon. He might recognize the characters. We do, but like what... (laughs) <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like, just one of the emails? Uh, yeah, like, Strong Bad emails and just the cartoons in general, they're all so self-referential that, like, if if we show one of these to Jeff, he's not going to know. He's he's not going to know who uh, the Benedettos are. Yeah, he's not going to know the long history 
family tree of the Benedettos. He's not going to know um, Biscuit Dough Hands Man. <laughs> Biscuit what? Dough Hands Man is my favorite individual joke in all of Homestar Runner. By it, the it's way. so. He, he's your favorite? <laughs> My my favorite individual joke, like there, there's characters I like a lot more, but uh, just as a singular moment, I really love Biscuit <laughs> Dohan's man. I really liked when he showed up. Was it last week or the week before? It, I th- think it was Baddest of the Bands, but on Pom Pom's okay. uh, like glossy photos. Maybe I think I remember. Yeah, that sounds about right. It was him and Sonora Cardgage and Hamsar. I think. Um oh no, because one of them was Homestar. It was Homestar, Homestar, and Senor Cardgage. I I think I don't think one of them was Homestar, was it? Yeah, it was. Um oh, I okay. think I think Bubs had a picture of Biscuit Dohan's man, but I don't remember when. Someone had a Biscuit Dohan's man reference somewhere. It it's too too long ago. I'm already past <laughs> it. We finished playing the game. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's a yesterday question. That's a yesterday question for yesterday me. I can't do that right now. <laughs> the um, point is, Biscuit Dohan's man is great, and and this episode has more to discuss. So we've we've made it pretty far into this episode without talking about the plot. The plot is that <laughs> once tro- uh, the Trogdor arcade machine breaks in a really destructive way and turns into a sentient Trogdor, uh, Strong Bad needs to replace the logic board and distract Trogdor with Homestar uh, long enough to to actually get in there and replace the logic board. Yeah, because he'll punch you if you don't. Yeah, he'll punch you, and he will also punch Homestar, but Homestar is just very okay with that. <laughs> His head is just very spongy. <laughs> yeah, he got that Homestar head. It's got that empty rubber <laughs> eraser head of his <laughs> um yeah and uh once you do that videlectrix calls you but you can't answer your phone and they say oh by the way if you try to replace the uh logic board while next to anything radioactive uh you'll break our reality as we know it <laughs> which is just <laughs> like okay <laughs> why did why but, uh, yeah, that does happen because Homestar was just beamed with a bunch of radioactivity from the metal detector. Uh, and that's the last instance that we see of the metal detector. It's in every yeah, you, episode. You you don't use it in this episode. You use it to find Homestar's lucky quarter. Yeah. Which is you, inside this is of the <laughs> This is the one episode where you actually use it for a puzzle. Well, I guess you do in Battle Baddest of the Bands a little bit. but A little bit. This one, it's like actually a puzzle, and then it's destroyed right after. Yeah. Uh, so once you put in the logic board, reality does shift to like intertwine itself with not just the Trogdor game, which I kind of don't understand. It should just be the Trogdor game, but it's basically every Videlectrics game. Uh, yeah. Every one. Maybe it's one of those uh, arcade machines that just has various games on them. You know the you know the ones. I know the ones. Uh, so there's there, there's a lot of games that are from other home like previously referenced Homestar Runner Videlectric's games from before Strong Bad School Game. Uh, things like Peasants, Peasants Quest. Quest. Uh, Thy Dungeon Man is stealth referenced within the Peasants Quest section uh there's 
Stinko Man 20XD6, which is probably my my favorite. Uh, no, <laughs> Thy, Thy Dungeon Man is my favorite game of, of theirs from the from the website. Uh, yeah. But Stinko Man is really good, too. Uh, some other ones. But then a lot of ones that you've seen bef- just already, just the, the, the past four episodes have each had a game that Telltale made up for Vitelectrics. And those are now being referenced. So we've got Snake Boxer 5 in here. We've got uh, the Math Kickers featuring the Algebros. We've got Limousine's Hot Babely and Odyssey. We've got uh, Space Circus Catastrophe, <laughs> which is a hard <laughs> one to remember the name of. Uh, and all that's that's sort of why all those games were in those past episodes. They're all coming together now. Yeah, who would have guessed it would have all built up to this? It's weird that it can feel like Smash Bros. I I got a, a sense while playing that like, hey, this is this is cool. This is a big crossover. This is like Smash Bros. But then I remembered, oh, it's just one game from like one universe. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a crossover of anything. Uh, but it it kind of is cool to see Snake Boxer hang out with like the Algebros. The Algebros. <laughs> Yeah, even though they're from the same thing. Uh, yeah, and Limousine gets to come back. Yeah, that's always good. So, I have a question about that. So, basically, once the realities merged, it basically turned the real-life Limousine into the Limousine from Hot Baby and Odyssey, right? Could be. I, I that's think the way I that. interpreted it, because they remember Marzipan from The Baddest of the Bands. Um, but it, but at first yeah, I, I, I so. thought at first I thought there was like, this isn't the limousine. This is just the limousine from the game. But I guess if the realities merged, I guess it would just make the limousine in our reality into the ones from the game. Unless the limousine in the game takes place in the future. And then that limousine just would remember Marzipan, even though that's a different <laughs> limousine because it's in the future. I guess that's... Uh, that's another option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess if you choose to think of it like that. Yeah, you can choose to think of things all kinds of bad ways. <laughs> yeah, however you want. Anything that doesn't make sense to think about, you can just do that. <laughs> um, yeah, there's also uh, a number of things that we've never seen before be referenced. Uh, Gel Archie's Fruit Border, as we talked about earlier, was one of them. The Spirits of 76 is one of them. A game called Mista Fix It, which it, it was eerie to me that this game came out in 2008 uh, because of the way that they described Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's like Fix-It I was Felix. thinking of Fix-It Felix, yeah. but that was like four years off. What what year was Wreck-It Ralph? 2012. That's 2012? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, so yeah, four years off. Wrecked Ralph's older than I thought it was. Weird. Um, it's almost ten years old. Oof. I don't <laughs> like that. Uh, but then there's also Lady Crate Ape, <laughs> which is uh, a, a basically a knockoff of Donkey Kong, the original arcade game, and it's it's branded as a game by Vitelectrics for her. Uh, which is just an insanely bad. Oh boy! Uh, I but also sort of true to the era 
uh, of how these video games were marketed at the time. These late 80s, early 90s uh, video games were, were very much thought of as a boys club. And the did you look at the box art for Lady Crate Ape? Lady Crate Ape was described on the box art uh, as a game from the brand Videlectrix for her. Oh, it's a whole separate brand. Yeah, that, it, it's that like makes a, games for girls. It probably didn't make very many entries in that brand, but it's <laughs> <laughs> Lady Crate Ape, which I think is only for her in the sense that the bad guy in the game is a woman. Yeah, it. it I'm sure it plays exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and if did you get a chance to look at the box art for Lady Crate Ape? Yes, I did. Yeah, it it says on it on a sticker because girls might want to play too. <laughs> it's oh. So good. Uh, so they make marzipan. Uh, sort of, sort of has her genes spliced with Lady Crate uh, Crate Ape, which is hard to say, by the way. Lady Crate Ape. Lady Crate I keep, Ape. I keep wanting to say Crepe Ape. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Grape Ape is a thing. Yeah. Anyway, she's throwing a bunch of boxes. That's her new thing. <laughs> she's all about it. Uh, and the the objective here is to kill Trogdor. It takes a while. You got to do a lot of different adventure game, you know, puzzles in order to get there. But eventually, you will be able to kill Trogdor, which is up to this point something that's only been talked about in a hypothetical. You can't kill Trogdor. Trogdor yeah, is is canonically indestructible. <laughs> uh, the closest person that's ever come is rather dashing in the game Peasants Quest, who makes an appearance in this game also, and his voice is great. <laughs> I I love it. Um, uh, rather dashing tr- basically comes close but then Trogdor rolls over and says actually you can't really beat me but you came really close that's cool for you and then kills rather dashing at the end of <laughs> Peasant's Quest yeah um, good for him yeah like good for you man you got you got me good kinda I don't think I could have done that <laughs> um, but they, they have a conversation, Strong, Bad, and Rather Dashing talk about it. And Rather Dashing suggests, well, I guess I could have been just trying to smite him the wrong way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and that's, that's maybe your hint that in this version of the, the universe, maybe you can actually beat Trogdor. Um... And it turns out to be sort of true and sort of not because you do beat him in a battle. But then he he's still around and kills you at the very yeah. end of the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and the, the way you do it is you need to find this Trog sword that is like the one sword able to kill him and also know how to aim for his weak points. That and, was fun. And uh, yeah, that that once you do that, Trogdor's smote, and you leave the game having rescued Homestar, which is something that you also need to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we it's didn't not mention the how point of the Homes- episode, but you got to do it. Yeah, Homestar is kind of your uh, your little sidekick for this episode that you're also trying to save. Yeah, I love it. That's a great use of Homestar. Yeah, Homestar is basically your sidekick for this episode, which I. With which fits in with the uh, series itself, 
uh, Homestar went to from being the uh, headliner to basically being the second most important character in the thing. And uh, the the way he so Homestar gets trapped in the game like fully, and Strong Bad has the ability to like go in and out of the games. Uh, but Homestar now appears to you as a UI display, just like a pop up, a pop up window. Um, and he talks to you in the way that Navi talks to Link in Ocarina of Time, or uh, any number of sidekick type characters in video games um and never helps (laughs) (laughs) like if you try to fight trogdor without the trog sword homestar comes up to to stop you but he says strong bad you forgot your toothbrush (laughs) uh rather than actually anything that mattered for he's looking out for your dental hygiene yeah (laughs) he's like mad at you you forgot your toothbrush (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah that that's a great that's a great moment. Uh, do you, a lot do of, you mind lot if I interject? Moments. Yeah, of course, of course, Dustin. Um, one thing I wrote down is that uh, there's so many good characters in this episode this week. There's so many memorable. I mean, I know we're we kind of don't see eye to eye on Jelarshi. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's also the Vitelectrix guys. There's uh, Brown Tint and Chorch from the mm-hmm. Stinko Man game. They're great. They're so good, and and then you get all your all your party members from all the other games. Oh, it's great! It's a the gang's all here. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, I, I I have it written down. Uh, Chorch sounds like the voices Mitchell does. He's a Mitch character. <laughs> Chorch does. I'll have to re-listen to Chorch. Yeah, Chorch is the one that flies in the air with the claws. Yeah, I, I know. I know which one he is. I can't think of his voice right now. Yeah, I, just as soon as he started speaking, I was like, that reminds <laughs> me of Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't think of that. That's so funny. Um, well, well, Dustin, I, I've now mentally linked Strong Sad's voice to you. Oh, thanks. Well, it's on it's your Really fault. flattered. <laughs> <laughs> what, just because I can do Strong Sad's voice? Yeah. I mean, you, I you do it really sense. well. In, in wow, a way that thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's really good it, it, it's almost perfect I, maybe <laughs> it is perfect i don't know i i gotta come clean with you mitch i've been doing strong sad all these years yeah i know <laughs> you you've been doing i lied to a kindergartner once when i was in kindergarten <laughs> saying uh-huh. that i was the voice of ash ketchum in the show wow was, did they believe you yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's I was that's also interesting a kindergartner that's interesting that as a kindergartner, you already understood the concept of, like, someone else is voicing these characters in these cartoons. Oh, for sure, yeah. When I was a dumb little kid, I was one of those kids who thought, no, these characters are real. They really exist. Until I realized, oh, wait, no, that's stupid. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. How, how long did that take? What, what, what age was that? I don't remember. I rem- you know what I think it was? I was very young. I I don't remember how young I was. It must have been like five or below. But it was when me and my family were at Disneyland one year. And you know how they have those uh, costumed characters that walk around and, you know, do their thing? Yeah. At the time, I was like, 
these are the real care. I'm meeting Mickey Mouse himself for real. Um, <laughs> until I heard uh, one of the costumed guys, they were Chip from Chip and Dale. And uh, they were talking. I think they were talking to some little girl who like skinned her knee or something. Uh, and I was like, that's not his voice. <laughs> that's when my innocence was destroyed. That's so funny. So like. Thanks. When, when when I was a kid at those at like Disneyland and stuff, how old were you though when when that was happening? I don't remember. I it's it was so long ago, and we went to Disneyland like multiple times when I was young. But I think it might have been one of the first times, like when I was like five or something. Yeah, when, when I was, I guess when I was really really young, like maybe two or three, um, I I wouldn't have understood that. But I, I think by five, I. I was very confused about it. I remember thinking when we went to Disneyland and uh, like we went to Pooh Corner and had like one of those breakfasts with Pooh Bear and stuff. Um, I remember thinking at the table, I was like the only kid there because it was my, my parents and some of my aunts and uncles and stuff. And I was just looking around and thinking, hey, are we supposed to be tricked right now? Like, are we supposed to? Are we supposed to know? It's little Mitch, them? little Mitch, looking around at his family, they're eating right out of the palms of their hands. <laughs> well, because I, I would have assumed that my family knew. My family knew one way or the other. Either we are not supposed to be tricked, or are supposed to be tricked. It's, it's not like they were gonna get the wool pulled over their eyes. I just didn't know, like. Okay, how much are we actually supposed to play along with this bullshit? <laughs> That's so funny. I love the the thought of this little child saying like, "Uh, what are you trying to pull here?" <laughs> it, it was like that. It was and, and, and like just like pretending to go with it. It's like, "Oh yeah, mhm, yep. So, uh, you're the goofy, huh?" Hmm. because it it was Pooh Bear specifically that I remember this uh, occurring to me with of like I know you're a guy in a suit so like (laughs) how far do you want me to go with this you want me to also pretend the Winnie the Pooh on the TV is flatter than this one (laughs) you're a full adult person sized I know that Winnie the Pooh (laughs) is a teddy bear for a child I don't I don't like much smaller than me I don't like thinking of a whole grown man in a Winnie the Pooh costume. Well, that's what it is. <laughs> I, I, I know, but of all the characters, I'm like, oh, don't do Winnie the Pooh. Well, maybe she was, Even though maybe that's she what was it a is. woman. I don't know. But like, it was, it's an adult person uh, doing yeah. Winnie the Pooh, trying to, trying to make me smile. And I'm like, no, we can smile. I just need to know like what wavelength I'm supposed to be on here. Does, I, does the real Winnie the Pooh know you're doing this? <laughs> I I don't I don't think that was my thought either cuz like I don't think I thought there was necessarily a real Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. I just like I know you're pretending to be something you're not. So like <laughs> do I go along with this or not? <laughs> uh that, and that led to you trying to steal credit for being Ash Ketchum. <laughs> it did. It did kind of. <laughs> I don't know why I lied to that kid, but <laughs> I wonder if he still believes you. I bet he super doesn't. <laughs> he's he's I bet like he thirty didn't later that day. He's he's like thirty talking to to a friend. Hey, 
I met the guy who voices Ash Ketchum a long time ago. <laughs> I met I met the guy who does it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it, signed my lunchbox and everything. Yeah, because like a ten Ash is a ten year old in the show, which is always like comically <laughs> young for the stuff that he does. But I was five at the time, <laughs> so I was just trying to trick this person into thinking I. I, I guess that's an older. I guess that's man the best. I guess that's the best age to try to trick people because most of them are young and stupid enough to believe it. Yeah, no, the best age to trick people is when they believe it, for sure. Yeah. When, when they don't understand <laughs> how the world is yet. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're most uh, susceptible to being tricked and fooled. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just like really real dum-dums in kindergarten. <laughs> people don't talk about that, about kids, about how dumb they are, but they, they super are. It's so true. And like it's it's not to be mean. That's just the way it is. Uh, we should probably talk about the episode. Maybe I, <laughs> I, I guess we can make a little time for it. I'm having fun just talking about the the concept of kids. Winnie not the Pooh stealing about credit, actors. stupid ki- kids. <laughs> this episode went to some places, and I like it. Uh, do you do you have anything special you want to bring up about this episode? Oh uh, well, I brought up the characters. Let me see what else we got. I agree um, about the characters. Uh, a, a lot of really good ones. Yeah, like, that was my big thought for this episode. I was like, I this episode has so many funny characters. Lots of returning ones from the games. Uh, I I have it written down in my notes. I want to join the good graphic Kateers. I also wrote that. I also wrote, I would love to join the good graphic Kateers, the, the Electrics <laughs> fan club. Uh, that's one of my absolute favorite things they've ever done in Homestar Runner or the, is the good graphics video. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, it's make, it's make me crack up just thinking about it. Good Are graphics. You... I said good graphics. <laughs> yeah, you better make good graphics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let's see what else I got. Um... This is the first time they used Strongsad's dead plant. Uh, they used it as a decoy for uh, Trogdor. It doesn't play into any puzzles or anything, but it's the first time anything's actually done with it. Charlemagne. Yeah. Uh, Charlemagne's not from an, a cartoon, is he? Maybe. I would have to look it up. It, it might just be a thing for this episode just because it gives you more to click on and hear dialogue for. Oh! This is the first time... You can reach into Strongbad's uh, pile of clothes. Uh, yeah, no, 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 oh. not a hundred percent true. I think no, because uh, a couple episodes ago he says like I'm still not reaching in there for at least another couple months. There, I think you get a. I I was sure you get like a collectible, a collectible something, at some point. Uh, from there no i don't think so like i think the whole thing was they were building up to it but okay, i could be okay. wrong yeah i i believe that uh it, it's it's possible i just did not get the collectible you get from reaching into it early but that's like he where, specifically uh, says that's where you find homestar's phone from episode yeah. one i was i was kind of hoping you could call people like he did in episode one but i guess calling the uh vitelectrics guys is a, still a good runner-up yeah, that's a really good moment where the <laughs> the Vitelectrics guys don't want to answer the phone, so they pretend <laughs> to be an automated voice system. 
and then strong bad <laughs> also does that in order to get away with not paying for it and like yeah, and they, it works and, and both of the people fool the other one <laughs> uh i love i love it this uh honestly i don't think i have that much else to say about this episode it's pretty uh pretty straightforward with the uh all the games you go into uh we already brought up the ghosts uh the ghosts are around afterwards and you have to take pictures of them and i didn't get a single one of them didn't yeah i well not pictures right it's it's a light gun well no because i think what you do is you see the ghosts around just in the field after doing the strong a strong house and then you use the camera in the upper left to take a picture of it before it disappears if you hit it with the light gun you get points that might be it for some reason i was thinking it was the camera i don't know why maybe if i actually tried to do one of them i would have known this (laughs) um mostly they only show up in, in a way that lets you do it in extended play yeah Oh, um, let's talk about uh, the yeah, there, big there's... finale, the big ending. Okay. Yeah, because it it turns into doom, basically. Yeah, it basically turns into a like a, a Wolfenstein 3D or, or Doom sort of. Uh, now they're called boomer shooters, which is so funny to me. Uh, is that but, really what they're called? Is that yeah, what people call them? It's the name of the the genre. It's a boomer shooter. Oh, okay. <laughs> because they're old. Yeah. <laughs> uh quake is is also one uh yeah you go into trogdor's lair through peasant's quest and all of the the bosses and bad guy characters from the games that you've played so far in the season show up and they want to uh hurt you and you got to use the right party member on them or or item on them uh like there's a polynomial equation that you fight at one point where you need to put the <laughs> math kickers on it and yeah uh, i i like this it I feels like uh it, it feels like a real build-up it feels like all of the team has something to do here it's like that i'll hold off these guys you go on up ahead strong bad at the very end you are uh driven into a small room with trog door in it you hit him with a trog stored and he dies or so you think yeah or so you think because then the entire room becomes retextured in uh like ps1 era non-aliased bit mapping graphics (laughs) uh and strong bad gets redrawn as this low poly low low res texture um like guy with a sword and, and and stuff uh where he needs to hit trogdor's weak points it's it's a really cool graphical moment yeah it's interesting that this has a nice big ending that really mixes up how you play it it kind of reminds me of the uh the strategy game in strong Badia the free which you know makes sense considering who directed it yeah yeah for sure uh i think I think about this ending and then I think about the fact that your roommate Adam really hated this episode. And I, I just wonder how, like, I, I wonder why 
It, yeah, I wonder. It, I I was waiting to hit like some sort of like really bullshit moment that just is not fun, but I don't think it ever came. I think that he was very intent on one hundred percenting every episode, getting okay. All of the, I did the not do that. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Adam's I, gonna I, be I listening this to this, so he'll hear us. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'll have a little dialogue with us about it. He's been listening to these episodes. Yeah, I, I. I Totally get that. Um, well, the Dangeresque three extended play was so good because you would go to each place and it would play as bloopers or outtakes or, or like cast interviews, and that's awesome. And then I this still need extended to play uh, didn't didn't do that at all. Didn't do anything yeah, like that. The extended play mostly feels like a missed opportunity, except for Dangeresque three. Um. But I'm glad we at least got it. We got a cool one in Dangerusque 3. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been nice for this last episode to have something cool in extended play, but... Well, it kind of does. You can play the Trogdor game afterwards. Yeah, you can do that. I I still kind of think that the Sam and Max way of just having the episode end no matter what, like, you can't really go back to it and find all the stuff you missed you just end end it um that's probably the better way yeah because it it should be something that you go through like that's the kind of thing an adventure game is it's made to be an interactive approximation of storytelling much more than um like this this checklisty sort of fetch quest of small moments yeah and like i was i was gonna say i was thinking about it and i was thinking if you have extended play in these episodes i i kind of prefer how uh sometimes telltale will have episodes lead into other episodes and they did that with this one for off of uh dangerous three but like with sam and max if each episode had extended play it would be a little weird because like uh episode one leads into episode two and like uh so on so forth like it would be weird if chariot of the dogs had an extended play when it goes right into uh what's new beelzebub well i guess dangerous three did that too well yeah that's what i that's what i'm saying i was saying uh and it goes right into this next episode yeah i i was saying uh how extended play kind of felt like it worked a little better uh, for Strong Bad, but I totally forgot that that's how this episode even started. Uh, I, I think there is a moment where if you start Dangerous 3's extended play, uh, it doesn't really cut from the end of the episode. It cuts from Strong Bad just sitting on the couch talking to the camera saying, Hello, you've reached the extended play for Dangerous 3, the criminal projective. And it's basically just showing you like extra scenes like bloopers and stuff. Yeah, it's it's... It's part of the movie, so it does. Yeah. I guess the extended play does not take place after the episode. In that case, yeah, it it works in a way that lets this episode stem right off of that. But like, I don't think you could do an extended play with like Sam and Max, for example, for that exact reason. Uh, so, so here's a question, Dustin. Okay. Do you think there could have been a season two of Strong Bad? Yeah. Um. I don't see why not. I mean, I don't know what else they could really do. They kind of hit like the big notes of uh 
things you expect from uh, a strong bad game, but I'd I'd be down with uh, season two. I think I'd like a little more f- one episode with maybe a more strong focus on emails just as a thing that strong bad does. Yeah, that's interesting that this whole thing kind of starts out more based on strong bad's email. I guess to be fair, this isn't called like strong bad emails the game. It's just called strong bad's cool game for attractive people, but this one doesn't have any emphasis on the emails, neither did the last one. Uh I forget if baddest of the bands did. Yeah, um not not so much. I, I think Strong Baddie of the Free, where the King of Town is imperson- uh, impersonating someone in order to coax Strong Bad into something, is like the, the, the closest they get to really playing around with the concept of these emails uh, mattering. Mm-hmm. But mostly they don't. Uh, there, there could have been a lot of stuff. I, I, I think there's a lot of other opportunities they could have taken to, to pull on lore from other um like homestar related things like they never got into the old timey homestar section where uh oh they could do a whole old timey episode that would be yeah, a good one i i'd i'd love that the uh <laughs> the, those old timey uh skits are, are are some good ones yeah i love when uh, old timey homestar goes what yeah <laughs> he does <laughs> he does say that a lot yeah um, I don't really have anything else I want to bring up, I think. I don't think I do either. Like I said, this episode's pretty straightforward with what it does and what you do in it. It, Yeah, it is. Uh, let's... Not not that that's a bad thing, but I'm also not like... I don't really think there's that much to bring up that we haven't already. Yeah, I would... You know what? I, I would say this and Dangerous-esque 3 or maybe go back and forth to me. I still think the best one might be Strong Baddie of the Free. Okay. Um That's that's my opinion. Uh I think as a game I would put Strong Baddie of the Free over Dangerous, but Dangerous is just so funny. I I I can't possibly put anything over it. Okay. Uh, plus it plus it has Senior Card Gauge. So it does have Senior Card Gauge. It has an unfair advantage. But this one has Stinko man. That's true. Stinko Man's uh, good. Stinko Man is good. Uh, let's hop into our segments then. All right. I like these segments. Okay. What is your golden moment? Uh, my golden moment. Let me think about it. Um, I think it might just have to be the ending. I think it's a good uh, climax. The whole uh, first person part of it is uh, an interesting shift. Yeah. And it and it really feels like it's building up to this final encounter with all the hallways and you're using all your teammates. Uh it's it's a great it's a great climax of the episode. I've written down here the PS1 graphics area is specifically my golden <laughs> moment like where the part of the ending but like where the room shifts into PS1 graphics is uh It's it's pretty it's cool. The design for Strong Bad and Trogdor both look uh they're cool models. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a lot of a lot of other great moments there. Um, I like any time you use Snake Boxer. He's good. <laughs> um, I like the little conversation you have when you get to Stinko Man's area. 
Uh, I that, love talking to the to the enemies. Yeah, Chorch and Brown Tants. Brownsons. <laughs> That's a hard name to say. Browntons. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue very well. No, it's like not how English is supposed to go. <laughs> for some reason. Uh, yeah, th- th- those are great areas. I, I like talking to Rather Dashing. A lot of good moments. Um, Rather Dashing is good. This episode this episode was hard to pick a guy of the week for. Because there's for me. just so many. <laughs> for me, I know exactly who it is. Uh, but All right, let's hear it. Well, first, Potent Pickup. Oh, Potent Pickup first. Get that okay. out of the way. What's yours? Mine is Snakes. That's a very good one. Sometimes you can just put snakes on something and then ask Snake Boxer if he will punch it, and he will do it if there's snakes on it because he boxes snakes. Yeah. Um, mine kind of includes the snakes. I kind of cheated and just said all of your party members. The party members, yeah, okay. If you can if, do if that, I, I guess. <laughs> if I had to narrow it down to just one, I would probably say Snake Boxer himself. I like, I like how he as an item you use. Yeah, that's uh, true. You just don't like when he talks I just or interacts don't like with you. Like as a person, yeah. <laughs> and I don't like I, that in the final battle with Trogdor, you have uh-huh. Jalarshi uh, exposes weak points by flying above him, making him look like. And I'm here too. Like out of everyone, Jalarshi gets to be part of this moment. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> I hate Jalarshi. <laughs> um, but I, th- I, I mean, that's clearly on purpose. That's what they're trying to do with Jalarshi. So yeah. He's an uh, abomination. My weekly guy, as you asked, is Stinko Man. Nice. And I have some quotes for the uh, linguistic gymnastics section later, where we'll talk about why. Uh, but Stinko Man is so good in this, and uh, <laughs> un- underplayed. A another good one is just Homestar again. Homestar as a UI helper uh, helper is a great weekly guy candidate and in yeah. any other episode i think it would have been homestar but not in the episode where you have stinko man yeah how about you what's your weekly guy so here's the thing i said it was hard to pick a weekly guy but that's just because there were so many good ones but i think i had my weekly guy picked like a little bit into the episode i picked the vitelectrix guys the vitelectrix guys were really good yeah yeah but you know part of that is just because i liked them before the game like i already mentioned that segment they did is just so funny to me and this is also so funny it just the first one yelling at the other one vitelectrix <laughs> pisses me off that i can't use that word for my video game company I'm sorry. Like it's, Maybe it's next such time. a good dumb name for a video game company that it's <laughs> it, it's crossed over from being good into makes me mad that it's taken. It's so good. <laughs> wow. It it's uh it it's just transcended. Yeah, it absolutely has. Uh the Vitelectrix guys are a great weekly guy choice. Uh good job. Do you have yeah, an unweekly I, I have... guy? I'm going to say Coach Z because all he did was die. <laughs> That's true. Not, nothing against him, but he didn't bring... He showed up and he kept dying from scorpions. Mm-hmm. Until he gave you the scorpion food. Yeah. Well, he throws the scorpion food. In order to not have it. And, and yeah. To be, he doesn't give it to you. To not be 
attacked by scorpions anymore. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't even directly help you. He's not doing anything to help. He's just throwing the scorpion food so he's not attacked by scorpions, which is fair. I would probably do the same. But, you know, I'm not the one in an episode being judged as the unweekly guy. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I have one golden moment that maybe I like a little bit more than the PS1 graphics thing. Oh, really? Go ahead. I, I just By thought of it. Uh, but I really, really like that the uh, the hub for going into different Vitelectrix games mm-hmm. looks like that poster, that Vitelectrix poster, which is based on a real-life uh, 1980s NES poster that oh. had a bunch of, like, nes boxes coming out of the wall uh it, it, it was i think the first instance of them using now you're playing with power as a nintendo slogan and oh interesting i've i've had the thought long before playing this episode of i w- i really want to be in that poster <laughs> just in, <laughs> in the world that that this poster is uh expressing and well, s- well strong bad has a line that uh is basically saying exactly that that uh one of us might have for our uh linguistic gymnastics yeah uh well speaking of let's head in there okay and dustin what are your linguistic gymnastics i feel like i didn't have it 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 kind of reminds me of uh what's new beelzebub where because the story was such a focus i i guess i didn't pick out that many like uh super funny lines but i did have a few uh um okay so when you look at the vitelectrix poster strong bad says i bet that place with the flying video games looks way cooler in person yeah (laughs) i just sent you uh, a, a picture of the nintendo version of the poster if you oh there it is now it you are playing with power yeah it, yeah it's, i, I <laughs> reality I, cracks and there's space behind it <laughs> uh for some reason <laughs> yeah i like that strong bad looks at this poster and he considers it a place i also did though looking at this poster back in the day uh one of my cousins had it on the wall i think this poster came with the nes bundle that had rob and Duck Hunt and Mario Brothers. Um, like like that bundle with Robin and everything. This poster came in it. Uh, and I remember a lot of people had it. Uh, they, just, they just had this poster. That's also... I, ne- I never knew what that, that poster was based off another poster. Yeah, it's, it's one of those popular posters. Um, My next one is when you're uh, trying to get... St- uh, Homestar to stand in front of the Trogdor machine, and Homestar says, "I'm great at standing in front of things." And Strongbad <laughs> says, "Yeah, you're a regular stand and stand." This is before the like Tumblr usage of the word "stand" too. Yeah, he was just using it as a name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now um, now I, he stands standing, which is <laughs> a, a, an interesting change. Yeah, uh, the times they are a-changing. Um, I like a lot of the lines from the Vitelectrix guys. Uh, like, uh, Vitelectrix, we use computers to make video games. And uh, when he's yelling at uh, the other one... He, no, he's he's yelling at Strong Bad. 
uh, Strong Bad's questioning is the hints he's giving him. Because the hint he gives him is just use all your items with your other items. And Strong yeah. Bad's like, that's a hint? And he says, I didn't fight in three console wars to take that attitude from snot-nosed little... These hints are the best that 99 cents a minute can buy! <laughs> <laughs> but really, anything they say is very funny. Yeah, um, I, I like all of the uh, references to the fact... This is, I think, a new revelation for Vitelectrix in this episode. That they are not a retro video game company. Yeah, they they're are just making doing it. <laughs> they yeah, are... <laughs> they're making these games now. Yeah, they're they're a, they're a now company. They're doing eight <laughs> bit video games in two thousand eight. Yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, if you go in thinking these games are a product of their time, that's one thing. But if these are games that came out today, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're. <laughs> but Strong Bad still loves them. He still thinks they're very cool. Yeah, there, there's a there's a collectible. There's a set of collectibles in this episode that are uh, Vitelectrix gamer cards. And they're basically like Garbage Pail Kids cards. Oh, uh, yeah, I got a couple of them. One of them is uh, uh, Carpal Tunnel Connie. She has Carpal <laughs> Tunnel. And Strong, Strong Bad says, reading it, I guess that would have been funny back in... When was this printed? 2006? Uh, <laughs> so only two years old at that point um gamer jokes yeah gamer gamer jokes uh those yeah so vitelectrix is just like a, a modern company they've always been presented at least i thought so in homestar's universe as like an old thing that for some reason strong bad is still attached to his childhood with he just hasn't yeah. moved on to modern equipment. No, but this is just a company that makes bad video games. Yeah, they currently use computers to make video games that are these video games. Yeah, uh, they say they make 3D <laughs> graphics, but they don't. They they sometimes do. There's the um, there's the your head explode vector graphics. <laughs> That's true. That That's counts 3D. as 3D. <laughs> um. So my next line. Is when you're talking to, uh, oh shit, his, his name is already escaping me. The guy in, uh, Peasant's Quest. Rather dashing. Rather dashing, that's it. Uh, he says, uh, I'd like to see you get rock or throw baby wearing long pants. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um, another is when you're talking to Stinko Man and you're, uh, you're telling him about, uh, you know, the enemies that are shooting at him. Uh, Brownton, or Brownton, uh, you're talking about. And you're saying, uh, oh, he's uh, shooting those pretty fast or something. And uh, Stinko Man says, yeah, he wishes on his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I wonder what those are inspired by. I, I wonder if that's like the it, it's specifically the vibes that the original bad dub for Speed Racer got um, like like the English sort of it, it seems like it was dubbed in Japan with some people that that knew English 
on, on a pretty good level, but still didn't try to make it conversational at all. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it seems like the whole Stinko Man vibe, there's a little Dragon Ball mixed in there too, for sure. Uh, but Speed Racer seems to be what they're they're pulling on the most. I agree. I agree. And, you know, the game's obviously Mega Man right oh, down yeah. to the enemies. Um, okay, the last line I have is when uh, Strong Bad becomes Ultra Strong Bad for the final boss. And he says, I'm the best graphics ever made. <laughs> uh, fun- I'm the best graphics. Fun fact about Ultra Strong Bad and that version of Strong Bad. There was a web series that Telltale put out that was it, it was sort of like um uh, who framed Roger Rabbit with cartoons on real life filming mm-hmm. uh of strong bad breaking into the Telltale office and trying to uh like get into the files and make his game cooler. I remember those. And one of the things he kept trying to do is give this drawing of him with a big old sword to everyone. <laughs> uh, so this this version of Strong Bad is that drawing. It paid and, off. They listened to him. Yeah. It, 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 like those things were building up, I guess, to this moment of when Strong Bad gets a cool sword. What a weird thing to build up to, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, you wouldn't really. know what this is unless you watched those shorts, which you should have but uh that's awesome i, love I it. mean <laughs> who who should have you know <laughs> like how many everyone people are gonna... okay yeah you're right <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying they you know should have before playing this game i'm just saying they're they were fun there, there's a scene in one of those videos where strong bad makes fun of dave grossman for having a pajama sam thing on his desk <laughs> uh, and that that's just like a weird <laughs> worlds collide <laughs> <laughs> moment yes, that strong i bet you never thought you'd hear strong bad talking about pajama sam yeah <laughs> at that moment in my life that was like a because i didn't even know telltale's history as being a former lucas arts and i definitely didn't know the connection between lucas arts and humongous so that was like a four-step reference that i was supposed to understand <laughs> you had to pause the video and take a second but I did know Pajama Sam, and I did know Strong Bad, and it was really weird <laughs> seeing them come into contact <laughs> with each other. I kind of feel that way just whenever they reference Sam and Max in these. Like, obviously... Sure, yeah. Obviously, Sam and Max has the connection with Telltale, but it is still weird having, like, these two series that I grew up loving just kind of referencing, well, one referencing the other. Yeah, I found sam and max through liking homestar so for me it's not that weird but i can totally imagine it being weird yeah so mitch why don't you let me know some of your favorite lines i th- I think you got a couple brewing in that head of yours i got i got a whole one i got wow. one that i care about <laughs> i got some other <laughs> ones that uh okay so here's some other ones um uh, strong bad you forgot Say- your toothbrush again is a good one <laughs> um the way Strong Bad introduces the uh, tarantula black metal detector and attachment shovel for the fifth time. He's just like so bored of it. He goes, once again, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the black metal detector and attachable shovel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good one. But the one I care about is <laughs> if you go to the Stinko Man scene and ask uh, or you tell Stinko Man, hey, Stinko Man, I like your uh, your cool robot boots. 
Stinko Man says, I know, I know, I know! They make me jump at real high! Plus, all the girls think I'm a boy. But they think all they need to do is grow up. And I can kick! And Strong Bad says, okay, man, shut up. And Stinko Man <laughs> says, you shut up! You're dumb, and your head is wide like the river! You have the river head! <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, I want you to know... I had that written down in my quotes as well, and I chose not to say it because I figured you would. What a good friend you are. What a, what an excellent friend. I really wanted to do that quote. Yeah, the thing is, I didn't know that was going to be, like, your big one. I loved it. So I'm, I'm extra so glad. Funny. I'm extra glad that I didn't know. I, I especially like, plus all the girls think I'm a boy, but I think they all need to grow up. I think they all need to grow up. <laughs> Man, Stinko Man's kind of a jerk. Stinko Man's kind of a jerk, but they need to fit, like, four years of character development into a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can kick! I guess they did as good a job as they could have. Yeah, I, I, man, Stinko Man is so funny to me. It's, it's one of the best ones. Um, <laughs> okay, and that's, that's really all I got for our segments, so. Mitch, uh, we've finished up Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People. We finished up Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People, episodes one through five, the whole series. And this was my first time playing through episodes two through five. Yeah, I got I gotta know. Um, first off, how was how was waiting for this experience uh, for thirteen years? How how did that go? Uh, I went okay. You know, a lot happened in that thirteen years. Yeah. I, I don't want to bore the listeners by going into my whole life story, but, uh, you know, I had some events. Sure, sure. But I was mainly wondering, uh, so why do you think it took you so long to come back to it? And I don't know. Now that that's, you've done that's... it, why do you think, or how, how do you think it, it measured up to what you thought it was going to be? That's a good question. I don't know why I just never got around to it. I think... I think what it was is I felt like I needed to be in, like, just the right mindset for it. Because I feel like there's lots of games out there that I'll play and then I'll just kind of gloss over it. I'll just be like, okay, well, that's done. I I wanted to wait until I was in a good spot to really focus on this game. And I guess nothing's a better spot than being forced to do it for a podcast. (laughs) I do do love whenever... I remember that, like, oh, I am kind of forcing Dustin to do this. That That's rude of me. <laughs> no, it, it's fine since I like these games and I want to play them. But at the same time, it's also putting me off of wanting to play other point-and-click games. Like, I was going to play through all of the Monkey Island games. But then I thought, maybe I shouldn't if I'm going to be playing point-and-clicks, like, every week. Yeah. I probably don't want to do more and then get sick of them. Well... Speaking of Dustin, well, well, wait, hang on. Before we go in, I, I forgot the second part of the question I just asked you. How did it go? How what do you think compared to like what you thought it was going to be? It was about what I expected it to be. I mean, the thing with Homestar is, after watching all of the emails, all of the little cartoons for uh, most of my life, well, that's not true, but uh, a good part of my life was spent watching these um you know i kind of know what to expect from a game version of it and i think uh they did we we mentioned it in past episodes how uh it feels like a very one of the best video game adaptations of something 
yeah just a very strong adaptation of a very faithful adaptation yeah and so like even if overall i wouldn't say it's as strong as the sam and max games i i had a great time with these because it's more strong bad it's more homestar how would you rank the following okay telltale texas hold'em both bone games together sam and max season one sam and max season two and strong bad school game for attractive people Hmm. That's tough. We've we've discussed it before about how our feelings on the source material kind of color our opinions on this a little bit. So I'm kind of like, where would I? I would definitely put Sam and Max season two at the top. Yeah. Even though it has probably the worst episode. Yeah. Of Sam and Max, and I'd I'd say the worst episode in that season is worse than. Maybe everything except Telltale Texas Hold'em. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm even struggling to put it over the Bone games. But um, yeah, I, I think I would, but only just because I like the tone of Sam and Max more and that survived in that episode. Yeah, um, I guess that's the thing. I just overall like Sam and Max a lot. So that gives it some uh, bonus points. Yeah, I think I think the bottom is Telltale Texas Hold'em. Not necessarily because it's that bad, but just because it's not much. Yeah, it's obviously just a little practice thing. Then above that is Bone. Um, and and Sam and Max season two is definitely better than either season one or Strong Bad. So the question is: Do you like Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people more or less than Sam and Max season one? I'm th- I'm today as of right now I'm thinking more. I'm th- kind of thinking more too. It it's such a hard thing because I feel like it's not as good as half of season 1 but better than half of season 1, so it's kind of like right in the middle of Sam and Max season 1. I think there's but, no bad episodes of Strong Bad's yeah. Cool Game for Attractive People and there are bad episodes of Sam and Max season 1 or at least That's lacking true. episodes. Yeah, I I think I'm right there with you, but I'm giving Strong Bad the nod just because of how much I love the source material, I think. And I, I do love the source material for Sam and Max as well, but there's just something very special about Homestar Runner. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, so, we are going to be playing a new game after <gasps> this. We have to, because this current game is over. So... We I'm kind of sad. To be, I'm kind of sad this game's over. Yeah, me too. This was fun. Yeah. But I don't be sad because it's over. Be sad because it happened. Yeah, and be sad later. Be sad earlier. Just be sad and learn to appreciate that because that is the rest of your life and my life and your <laughs> Dustin's life. And It don't get better than this. Yeah, take some time to be sad and learn to uh, be, be happy with your sadness rather than striving to be sad being happy you know yeah i couldn't have said it any better myself i don't think i did say it at all but that's okay <laughs> we, we are going to be playing nelson tether's puzzle agent next it's a full standalone game that is one of telltale's very few completely unlicensed games i'm excited i'm really excited for this 
yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited too. I remember wanting to play this when they were releasing, but I just uh, didn't. I guess similar to Strong Bad. I don't know why, but I just remember thinking that that is interesting. That's interesting that this isn't based on anything. Yeah, it's it's kind of sort of based on the Grickle comics by Graham Annabelle, who was much like how uh, Steve Purcell was an employee of LucasArts, but then just doing Sam and Max comics on the side. Graham Annabelle was an employee of Telltale doing Grickle comics on the side. But unlike Sam and Max, Grickle is just more of an art style. It's not a universe at all. They didn't need to license Grickle in order to do this. They just made a game that has the art style of the Grickle comics. Yeah, exactly. It would would be like... uh... How Dragon Quest is similar. It, it's, you know, the same designer as the Dragon Ball series, but you don't count it as part of the Dragon Ball series. Yeah, sure. It, it's it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, pl- I have played the first Puzzle Agent. I've not played the second. Ooh. And we'll tell our listeners, we're going to play them both back to back, treating it like a mini season, sort of like we did for Bone. Uh, one episode per game, and uh, you can get these on Steam. These are these ones are currently available, so wow. not not a problem with accessibility in this particular case. I have a feeling this is not going to last very long. I not th- for these, but just on this show, we're going to have some uh, hard to find stuff later on. Yeah, well, uh, what I thought was interesting was most of the stuff that's actually like really hard to get was the recent stuff yeah toward the end of telltale's arc not like a lot of the beginning stuff they they just kept access to over a period of over a decade i don't know how they did that i guess it's just because of uh the much bigger licenses they got later on like um game of thrones or uh yeah or guardians of the galaxy is obviously a huge one yeah, that one's hard to find. That one that one is going to be a challenge. That yeah, that's a I was looking through them and I feel like that one might be the hardest one. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it might be. Minecraft season 2 is actually also pretty difficult. Um Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh so that's all for this season. We'll come back at you next week with the first well, the first game in the Puzzle Agent series, Nelson Tether's Puzzle Agent. And until next time, we'll see you later. Take care. Goodbye. I love you. Wait, Dustin. Yes. Are you on Twitter? <laughs> yes, I am on Twitter now that you mention it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter at AmazingDJDustin, uh, which is also my Instagram handle where I post all my silly little drawings and doodles and whatnot. I'm on Twitter too. It's at the Wolf FM, Wolf with an E at the end because that's my name. And that that is now the episode. We'll see you next time for real this time. Goodbye. I love you for real. Uh, rhino, Rhino feeder. Uh, oh, I, 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 I was dreaming about muffins. I wake up every morning feeling awesome, even though I slept on the remote again last night. Time to tear up another day This strong bad freaking way Like an imploding star, like a burning car My style shines so bright
Please stop trying to handle my style Cause you can't, no you can't uh, handle my style Seriously, quit trying to handle my style Unless you're a lady oh. Then you're cordially invited to have a giant slice of my style